Hey everyone, you're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here with my co-host, Lyson Casey. Hello, everyone. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Eric Varden. He is the co-founder and CEO of Morpheo. So thank you so much for joining us virtually today. Yeah, thanks you for having me. Excited on this Monday morning. Awesome. So tell us, what is Morpheo? So Morpheo is an artificial intelligence software that is built to help marketers save time and decrease their gray hair. How did you uh, come up with this company? Sure. Yeah, it was uh, the idea was founded inside the agency that uh, my co-founder and I ran for about 10 years. Uh, we had all sorts of uh, growing pains, if you will, and looked at building software and automation that could uh, help us increase our margin, keep our team members happier, and, and ultimately replace a lot of the mundane work that came from uh, the digital marketing complex world. Cool. And uh, not to switch it more around yourself, uh, tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page. That's not on my LinkedIn page. Uh, let's see. I live in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so from a tech perspective, surrounded by all sorts of fantastic ones and zeros, uh, but on the weekends and nights, etc. Well, I guess today it's every day, all day long. Uh, I live, uh, I live in, in the country, close to the river, and uh, uh, have a, a dumb home with no connections, and just really, uh, I'm here to, to debrief. So that's something you wouldn't know on my LinkedIn. That's really interesting, and probably very convenient to have right now. Um, it's, it's pretty good, thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And then, um, so to talk about the agency that you ran before, um, how did that kind of fuel the idea that you needed AI to achieve what you need to achieve in marketing? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't AI to start. It was a conversation that John and myself had uh, early in the morning or late one night, depending how you look at it, while launching a client uh, site. Um, you know, it was 15 years or so being in the same business and, and we just realized, you know, quite quickly that the processes seemed to be exactly the same. And, and as we grew and, and scaled the business and acquired more people, we continued to, to recall that, uh, that chat that we had. Uh, and so really it started out as just looking for efficiency and building in software that could help mitigate uh, either risk and or help us just do things faster. Uh, or free up time for our very expensive, uh, very important, overworked people so that they could focus on what they do best and what they love. And, and really, ultimately, that's what it came to now called Morphia was a culmination of, of many different forms of automation uh, across the digital marketing landscape uh, inside our tool. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. And um, do you find that there's a lot of uh, confusion out there about what AI can and can't do? And how do you let your users know uh, what are the capabilities and limitations of your AI platform? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's um, you know it's one of those things where it, it is confusing and machine learning and AI and deep learning and neural networks and all these kinds of things. Um, you know, we did one thing kind of uh, not strategically, but we we partnered with uh, well the, the strategically part was partnering with a, a now doctor of machine learning, uh, but collaboratively over a few years really learning both the machine learning side of the world uh, as much as we can as laymen, uh, while you know educating NEMA on all things digital marketing. I think those two worlds themselves for us you know, generally don't collide. Uh, but when I look at AI and machine learning, ultimately to me, it's a form of, of customer service. If we can have um, you know, something that can allow us to make decisions more quickly, uh, in this case with digital marketing, we, you know, we feel that that's a, a positive. So there's all sorts of, you know, 
negative news around automation taking our jobs and all these kinds of things. But, you know, many of us today will say we're overworked or we're busy and we don't always know the reason why. And I think that's just because a lot of the things that we do are ever changing and it's complex that it's uh, in this day we're always connected to. And so if we can look at uh, ability for a machine to, to save us time or hours so that we can be free to do the things that we love, hopefully it will uh, not only make us happier, uh, but also looking at our, our planet and the other things that, you know, we've tried many things in the past. Let's look at, uh, at machines and hopefully they can do a better job in some respects that we have. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And as a digital marketer myself, I like the idea of using AI and also automation to make a lot of things easier. There's a lot of repeatable tasks and tedious work um, in that job that is nice uh, to have taken over by <laughs> an AI if possible. And um, where are the gaps in digital marketing today that can be filled with AI? And how do you see that um, growing and changing in the future? Yeah, I think the, the gaps are more around the analogy that we use about a new way to work. And so the, the analogy that I use is just, you know, when we used to get in our cars, you know, uh, in the early, uh, you know, late 1900s, I guess you'd say, or mid 1900s, we literally would check our spark plugs or you had to be a mechanic to, to sometimes fix your own car and check the tire pressure. And, you know, now we get in our car in this day and age and we don't even look at anything. We wait uh, uh, until the check engine light comes on and, and tells us to do something or a notification to change our oil. Well, digital marketing itself is still in that old age where we're logging in and out of Google Analytics and Google Ads and Facebook and all of our other, uh, our other tools that we rely on. And we're trying to correlate information and decision making on the fly as opposed to looking at a machine that could do that for us as long as we give it the parameters and then tell us what to prioritize and what to look at. You know, so we think of that short analogy, just how much time we would save and how much more accurate we would be to allow a machine to do that heavy lifting. So again, we can do the things that you know we love and are, are more important to us, like strategy and creative thinking and, and creative problem solving and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's great. And uh how has your digital marketing strategy actually changed uh, since COVID? And how can any listeners market their companies without sounding insensitive right now? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. I mean, ultimately, you've got to be personal. You've got to care. And, and if you don't, that shines through. And, and, you know, we've all seen the posts and the examples of random emails. You know, I, I apparently, you know, one I saw was apparently I've been a customer of this brand for years. And, but it's, it's funny that I haven't heard from them until you know, all this went down. And so it's just it, being genuine in this day and age, maybe it comes easier to us as Canadians, but, um, you know, for the rest of the, uh, uh, the rest of us, I think it really comes down into making sure that, you know, you are genuine in terms of the reach outs and what you're trying to do. Um, I would say that, uh, the, the landscape has changed. Many, many people have time, but they're also open to very interesting conversations, whether it's partnerships or creative problem solving to how to, you know, to leverage each other's businesses or sales channels or customers to help each other out. Uh, there's a lot more of that going on. And, and I think it's well overdue that we continue to help and support each other, whether we're in like-minded business or not. Um, from a content perspective, I would say it hasn't really changed what we've done. Uh, we're really focused on our product and optimization and onboarding. And, and if anything, it's given us some time to, to really uh, slow down the the noise of of digital marketing while we you know create uh, an amazing product uh, while continuing to test and like I said having authentic conversations and that's gone uh, a long long way for us and and I would welcome that anybody go out and try to spark up a great conversation maybe not an email all the time pick up the phone if you need to uh, 
uh, people are starving for that in-person conversation. Well, in-person via Zoom, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I agree. It's definitely a time where people are more creative and they're creating new partnerships. And I can see a future where I hope that continues because I think it's done a lot of good and it's brought innovation um, to a bunch of different sectors. And to switch it up a bit, you mentioned um, that you support startups through B&G uh, Ventures. Do you want to talk about um, what what that uh, sorry what that is about and kind of what you're doing there? Yeah, I think right now it's um, you know with a little bit extra time, it's really just trying to navigate uh, who needs some help with what. And so, of course, there's you know in, investments whether they're more passive or active, but. Uh, you know, we're always looking for great, uh, great business. Um, you know, our, our niche, if you will, is, is not necessarily in the startup mode, but more in the, the scale and the build. That's what, you know, we love to do is look at uh, new and interesting verticals and, and have conversations. And, you know, many of that is just having great chats with people. Um, I'm fairly passionate uh, in the world of nutrition and food and, and the supply chain of, of organic food, et cetera. And so that's something that I think now more than ever, as we you know really have time to focus on what we're eating and consuming or drinking, etc., uh, as well as our our health and wellness, that uh, I think it's opened up a lot of eyes to people in terms of where they where they are and how healthy they are, etc. So that's that's a, that's been interesting. You know, you look for certain things and certain things come to you. But I'm also a, a YPO member, um, and there's a lot of great uh, business support and conversations that are out there. Um, I'd say outside of that. Um, you know, the, the conversations we're having are just to try to help and support, make connections. Um, some people are looking to raise money or some people just need connections at certain, you know, within certain businesses. Um, you know, so all, all I can do is try to squeeze in as much time as humanly possible to, to try to help somebody out. Sometimes that's, you know, something where we can do something together. Uh, but in general, it's just trying to help, uh, you know, share the love and, and try to help people out. And, uh, what have been your, some of your biggest challenges running an AI company and what should any listeners thinking about joining the industry, what should they know before beforehand? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a learning curve and by no means am I an engineer and uh, you know, we spend uh, as much time as we can getting into the, the, the deep, uh, the deepness of, of AI and machine learning and understanding how a lot of this works. But I, you know, I, I personally can only go so far. Uh, I'm quite interested in, uh, in in communicating the fact that it isn't meant to be scary, that uh, the world of AI will impact every single business and vertical, and that if we if we can, um, that I think it's going to you know better the world and better processes. It goes back to my point earlier is, you know, you'll ask a lot of people, it almost doesn't matter what industry that they're in, is they're, they're busy, they're overworked, and they're always connected. And so when I think about, you know, where our opportunity across uh, AI and machine learning goes, it is to remove that mundane and the repetitive tasks and try to uh, to help each other out. So that's probably the biggest, uh, you know, area of focus. And and I think as long as we all as business owners, again, doesn't matter where we are, have enough time and passion to understand what our AI strategy is, you know, then at least we can forge down the path to to figuring out how much or how much information you know, a business owner or, or even their team needs to understand about the complexity of how it works, but at least have a strategy, understand what you can and continue to invest in it because it will be a compelling piece of, of every business going forward. Mm -hmm. 
And how did you and your co-founder um, find the right partner to help you achieve your machine learning goals um, if you're not a machine learning expert? Yes, uh, it's definitely been a, a challenge and a battle. I mean, John is, is more of, a, well, is a developer and, and comes from that world. And so the, the complexity came more naturally to, to himself. And as I'm trying to understand how to translate that into uh, business marketing objectives and those kinds of things, it's, it's definitely, you know, an ongoing, an ongoing battle. Uh, in a good way. Uh, we met uh, NEMA through the INSERC uh, Engage, one of the, a program that uh, the government offers where the, by they uh, pair you with um, uh, a specific university that you can choose, a specific um, sector or, or, or area within the university, in this case, machine learning. Uh, and that's how we found NEMA. We had a, a bit of a, a small thesis to start, and that's how we were able to be paired together. Uh, we worked on that for almost a year and then continued to uh, engage with each, with each other on the business side uh, after that. Um, so I would always suggest, you know, connecting or contacting your local government, whether it's through IRAP or, or INSERC or, uh, or your small business, business development uh, office in, in, your, in your city. They can connect you with a university that uh, can help you find somebody to, to get the ball rolling. So it's always a great uh, starting point. That's really interesting. I didn't know about that. Cool. That's a great program. Yeah. Um, and in general, how do you go about uh, hiring people and structuring a company culture for your companies? And also, how has it been different building a team for a marketing agency and now an AI startup? Yes, well, the easy answer is, is I think 99% of our current team members were at the agency side at some point. So we've all been working together for quite a while. Um, I am uh, a constant connector and, uh, and building culture is, is, a, is a huge piece of, of what I believe. Um, you know, I'm still very connected to the core values and the ability to, to connect customers and purpose to, you know, team members and their passion. Um, I think I definitely have learned a lot on the service side versus product. And that probably would be how I would separate it is in startup with its constant chaos, ever changing. Um, it takes a certain uh, type of personality to be okay with problem solving, self-starting and figuring out what their day looks like uh, without kind of constant, um, you know, uh, uh, task building, if you will. Not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but just in terms of where Morpheo is at, it is totally different every single day. Um, so the culture itself, it's kind of like uh, an elastic, you know, you got to move it around and sort of see how it fits and, and how the team you know, lets it be, but ultimately the culture builds with the team, uh, the early team members that you have, and they almost shape it as much as, you know, you think often a CEO or a founders have to come in and sort of dictate that. Um, I would say if you listen and hear and, and care about um, the culture itself, then, you know, talk to the, your team members because ultimately they're going to be the ones that shape it and, and spend more time you know, in the weeds and, and really that's a, a source of inspiration for sure. So uh, a little bit of uh, complexity there, but um, in terms of hiring, uh, we've been lucky where, you know, we've had connections, but, um, you know, that is definitely a challenge for, for many today. Uh, the power of LinkedIn, though, and the power of communication itself, I think just uh, on that side, we're just at a, at a point in time, obviously, where there's a lot of amazing individuals that are looking for, you know, for new positions or something to test and try out. Um, that haven't been through a recession or something like that before, you know, so in one case, <clears throat> excuse me, it's unfortunate what has happened, but for many, they will be looking at this as a, a, a new and starting fresh refreshing point for them to, uh, to find themselves a new career. And I think that's positive for many business owners. 
Mm-hmm. And have you found that um, people you hire are specifically interested in working for an AI company and that they're very excited about AI? Um, I don't know if it's, um, I, I can't recall that kind of conversation, but, you know, being involved in any new company with uh, an interesting vision itself, I think is, is, is and should be compelling. Um, I think it comes with in this day and age, you know, what am I working towards? Uh, more specifically, what can I get out of this position that I wouldn't be able to get uh, elsewhere? And so if you are uh, a lover of learning and, and you are self-driven and a problem solver, um, then you would probably thrive in the world of, of AI or startup because it is just so out there and, and is ever changing. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that provides some context. Yeah, that's that's cool. And uh, what advice do you have for anybody who has a great startup idea right now? and they're contemplating uh, about about starting or not? Should they wait for greener pastures or should they start working and launch anyways? 100% launch anyways, because you never know what's around the corner. Um, you know, it's easy for me to say it also depends, of course, on age and kids and family and timing and salary and all those fun things. But um, I qu- quite uh, recently realized that I started my first business in, in uh, late 19 late 1900s. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it was around 2000, uh, just before the dot-com kind of bubble. And then um, again, starting uh, the other agency uh, on the back end of the 2008-9 downturn, um, not necessarily strategically, but just wanted to and had to. And it wasn't even I wasn't even contemplating what impact that would have. Um, it is actually a great time, albeit hard, and you have to, you know, almost 10 times your your uh, your input to see the same output. Uh, but if you're, you know, young and passionate, and you have the time, and or you're you're old and just ready to 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 start something new because you need to, and I've always wanted to, um, you know, you can have great conversations. People are open to more things. There is definitely funding uh, out there. There are people still looking to invest in great product and great idea. Uh, but you can't control timing. And I would always say riding after all this kind of chaos kind of lifts up, it'll definitely be the next, you know, 10 or so years of of positive momentum Uh, at the end of any recession. That is always the best part is that it's going to continue to ride up. And if you can go through the grind uh, at the right time through the dip of the recession, then ultimately you'll be ahead of everyone else. So, you know, take that for what it is. Um, But I look at it as a, a strategic move and one that everybody should, should try if they, you know, have the parameters to do so. Yeah, we definitely agree. And it's also a great time to just be kind of heads down in product, which is very important in the early days. And so for your final question, um, what was your first job and what did you take away from that that you still apply today? My first job was cleaning um, the arena in my local town. So um, what do I take away from that that I I don't, I didn't like the smell of bleach, I think was the first one, <laughs> um, but that, you know, the, 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 um, it doesn't matter as much what you're doing at that point, you know, you're lucky just to have a job and, and the empowerment and confidence that comes with it. And then of course, a little bit of, you know, money that you make that you can do something with, um, you know, as a young person, I think is, it really sets the, the value of a dollar and how important uh, that is. So I, I carry that today. I grinded through many different uh, other terrible jobs, uh, but met amazing people. And I think all of that shapes you into to who you are when you, you know, get older. So yeah, I'd say always take a take a crappy job because you learn way much 
more, much more from it than, uh, than one that's easy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eric, uh, for doing the recording today. Uh, it was really great getting to speak with you and learn more about Morpheo and how you built it. Um, so thank you so much. Thanks for yeah, having Thank me. you so much for joining us. It was, uh, it was really fun talking to you. Appreciate the time. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people at our city. Until next time. <laughs>